Hello and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy and I'm yet another anime podcast host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. We're about two weeks or so into the quite possibly most packed anime season I've ever seen, uh, that being a fall 2022. I'm still working through all the first and second episodes, uh, and between that, my weird release schedule as of late, and a family vacation last week, uh, I'm just now getting to doing my recap episode of the summer season, uh, even though I did do a quick update uh um, on which ones I was watching. I also want to do a little bit more in depth on the ones I didn't finish. Now, you know, I actually had a sprain in my left arm uh, this past week that makes it a little bit uncomfortable to type, so I'm going to be a little bit uh, more brief uh, in my in my reviews uh, this time because I don't want to write out a lengthy script, but nevertheless, we shall persist. Now, this sequel was marked by a ton of sequels. In fact, uh, out of the six most-watched anime on Mal, five were sequels. Uh, and in fact, I have seen none of the first seasons of those, so I can't comment on any of them, uh, which I think is basically why, uh, compared to previous seasons, you know, you're not seeing a lot of uh, a lot of anime that I'm completing, as well as, you know, also not a lot of really high scores here. Only two films uh, getting a four out of five, or two anime getting a four out of five for me. And then getting a five out of five. Uh, now that said, moving on to the shows, you know, I I did like I said do an update on the anime I was gonna try to finish. Uh, I kind of broke it down into anime. I'm definitely gonna make an effort to finish, and those that if I have time, I will try to finish. Right? Um, I ended up giving eight shows that I definitely wanted to finish, um, plus one sort, um, and then five maybes if I had the time. Um, in the end, though, I only ended up finishing four of those eight folding shows plus the sort, um, and then I also was able to get to one of the maybes just because it was so popular. I had kind of had to see what all the buzz was about. Um, I ended up putting on hold uh, one of the uh, definitely finishes uh, and one of the maybes, and I couldn't get to the last five, uh, which basically means uh, I'm going to end up dropping them. So let's talk on the maybes that I uh, ended up never picking up after episode three. So uh, Engage Kiss, you know, this one had the, you know, was the demon, uh, you know, in the futuristic island nation, right? And, you know, this guy is uh, working with this demon to fight other demons. And, you know, this one had a turn episode three where, you know, I really didn't like the, the main character's attitude uh, or just him in general in the first three episodes. And so episode three, there was like a bit of a revelation that added some intrigue to the plot. Um, I could see this going in a bit of a darker direction, but unfortunately, you know, I never, and I was willing to give this another chance to hook me, right? Um, but unfortunately, I never really found time to give it a chance, as that was very low on my priority list. And looking at the comments on Reddit, it looks like this was basically went along that romance route, which was the, one of my least favorite aspects of the show. So looking at the scores, it ended up with a 6.91 on my anime list, which is 19th lowest, 19th of the season, uh, and number 10 on our anime's average karma rankings for the season. So it doesn't look like there was like, you know, a complete breakout here. Um, the average episode rating on, Mal, on our anime also peaked in that third episode, episode, uh, with a few other episodes getting up to that level, but nothing really surpassing it. So um, I'm going to say I just go ahead and drop this one. And next we have Buchegire, or the Bakumatsu Bad Boys. Uh, this one was the Suicide Squad-style uh, story of death row convicts turned Shinsengumi officers in the Meiji period with uh, magical swords, it looks like. Um, the biggest draw of this was the character design by the Salmon King Mangaka. Um, that said, you know, looking at how others ranked it, it came in at only a 6.03 on my anime list, which is pretty disappointing. Uh, literally only three other full-length anime were scoring lower than this. Uh, Raro Arstonia, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, and Suit Gold of the Future. They didn't even top, crack the top 30 anime of the season by Karma on our anime, getting less than 50 upvotes each week after episode 3. Maybe it's a hidden gem, right? But, you know, looking even at the OP that I remember watching from the first three episodes, the twist seems very predictable and doesn't seem like it's, it's going to do anything too deep. So if, you know, if the only thing going for it is that it has nice character design, I probably didn't miss out on much, I think.
Another show that had similarly low viewership was Chimimo. Um, this one, didn't, again, did not make the top 30 in our anime. Uh, again, less with the 50 karma on average per episode. Though, at least here, I can talk that up to, uh, one, the character design instead of working against the show, making it look like it was a kid show, even though it had some more um, adult, not, not lewd, but more, you know, mature humor to it. Um, it also was on High Dive, which is generally much less popular than Crunchyroll. Um, though, obviously, one of the top viewed shows this season was on, on High Dive, but people just weren't doing, were doing just for that, so not this. Um, the my anime list here score here was better than Butsugure at 6.86, um, which is actually better than the show I actually ended up finishing and liked. Uh, so I think I'm going to put this on hold and try to finish it um, at some point. Um, it is a little bit repetitive in its humor, but I, I definitely still think this would have been better as a sort as opposed to a full-length anime, but it is what it is. And then we had Tokyo Mew Mew New. Uh, this was the remake of that 90s sojo anime with an environmentalist bent on it. Um, from what I saw, you know, it was pretty well done as a sojo series. But again, sojo just generally aren't my vibe usually. And, you know, knowing it was going to get another season in April to finish the story, um, the original season had series had like 50 episodes. You know, I didn't really have much motivation to go finish it, especially if it was just leaning more into those sojo tropes. Um, uh, plus, apparently the pacing is somewhat rust, uh, trying to fit twice as much content to have as many episodes so um you know while there is tokyo mew mew new 2 not the official name um, i think i'm gonna go ahead and drop this one so those are the maybes I didn't finish. Um, I also had some series I thought I was going to finish, but didn't get around to or uh, wanted to and, and couldn't finish. So uh, Phantom of the Idol, I watched like the first episode of, and I really like the premise of a guy who gets into the idol business, not because he loves idols and wants to make his fans happy, but because he thinks it's easy money. Um, it, had, it had a little bit more viewership than some of the ones we talked about, you know, about 100 carbon per episode on Reddit and decent-ish reviews with episodes ranging from 4.4 up to 4.8 after the first one. Over on Mal, had a 6.74 score. Um, I think, again, this one suffered from the lack of viewership due to being on high dive and also being in a niche subgenre of a niche genre, right? It's an idol show, but what more it's an idol show about male idols. Um, and it's not even like an idol show about male idols, which is really like about like the... the um you know, the, the fan service element, it's kind of like a, almost a workplace comedy from what I can see. So I think I'll go back and give this a shot at some point. It's only 10 episodes. I just don't think I have time to do so at the moment. Uh, Yurei Deco is the newest science sorrow anime, uh, though this one's not held by Masaki Yuasa, but rather longtime animator uh, Tomohisa Sumuyama in his directorial debut. I'm always willing to giving science sorrow. I mean, I watched Inuo uh, in theaters um, a little bit ago and loved it. Um, but, you know, I think, and, and I, I really love them because they're really one of the only studios out there really pushing the boundaries of what anime and as, as a medium can do. That said, I didn't really have time to get around to it, and unfortunately, the reviews for later episodes episodes were less than kind. Uh, Weekly Karma petered off after episode 3, down to less than 200 per episode, but even more concerning is the episode scores on our anime. Uh, it started off with a high of 4.3 on episode 2, but by episode 6, they had dropped down to 3.5, which is not great, uh, and then episode 11, it, it, it can be, from what I gather, just an anticlimactic, inconclusive ending with a 2.89 for that penultimate episode. So, on my anime, it came in just above Butchigure at 6.08, which is, again, not great. Um, I mean, who knows? If, I remember, if I'm going to do a rewatch of, of, of all of Science Saru's anime, I may end up watching this one, but I'm going to drop it based on the, word, the, on the assumption that they ended up fumbling the ending. 
Uh, next up, we have Futo Tante. Uh, this is the uh, Kamen Rider spinoff reboot sequel, uh, basically a story set in the Kamen Rider universe, um, which has all that Tokukatsu flair I love. I mean, sir, I haven't seen the original live action that this was based off of, but um, the story is presented in a way you don't really need a chance you need to see it to understand it. Honestly, I think I'm gonna go back and watch it at some point, right? I like I ended up watching six full-length anime. This would have been the seventh I would have gotten to if I had a little bit more time. So I'm gonna put this one on hold for now as opposed to dropping it. Uh, finally, the one so I said I was going to finish, but I ended up uh, dropping a a after saying that. Uh, my stepmom's daughter is my ex. Uh, this one that I had hopes for due to being a project number nine uh, studio uh, production, right? So they tend to take, you know, uh, anime that are generally romances, right? Um, arguably questionable premises, but delivering a good to great story, right? We have Tomozaki-kun um, as well as um, as well as well uh, Higehiro. Now, I think this one fell outside of what I really like out of the studio in that by episode three or four, it was basically just a romantic drama that basically boiled down to two high schoolers uh, who don't really know how to communicate properly, which is generally my least favorite kind of romance. I mean, the whole point of romance is you need to, like, if the, if the premise of the romance is that you can't communicate and that's why you're having drama in your relationship, that just feels like very lazy to me. I mean, at least in Jakuchara, for example, Tomozaki-kun, you have the gamer aspect, right? Which kind of, oh, it's an interesting perspective on relationships. And then in Higehiro, there's that whole ethical question of how to help somebody out in need um, and, and plausible deniability that it actually wasn't romantic, right? So, you know, here you don't have that deeper layer. And considering that culturally in Japan, you know, step-sibling relationships aren't as big a deal as they are here stateside, um, you know, I don't think this really all that much interesting to be done here, right? I mean, if you like romances, uh, from what I've seen in the comments, you know, this is, I think, a pretty decent romance, um, if that's the kind of thing you're into, um, assuming you're not in, and you're not opposed to that whole high school or miscommunication issue. But, you know, I don't think it's bad per se, right? The, the character designs and music are very much up there. I love, you know, I, I still think Fajin and I make some of the most attractive looking characters. Um, and, you know, we had some side characters who were pretty fun, actually, what little we saw of them. In fact, you know, as I was watching, I got me after like three or four episodes and I ended up, you know, basically thinking, yeah, you know, if, I, if we had a series that was a little bit more focused on the antics of these side characters versus the relatively flat, stone-faced protagonist, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. So it's not that kind of so. So, you know, I may come back to this eventually if I end up trying to watch all of Project Number 9's works, but for now, I think I'm going to drop this. Um, and also worth noting here that uh, Isekai Oji-san on Netflix ended up running into production issues. So while it's technically a summer 2022 anime, it ended up not completing and it's actually going to be rerunning again on TV in Japan and hopefully finish out on Netflix uh, in this winter anime season. So you know, hopefully, I'm not going to count it for this season. All right, those are all the shows that I did not finish. Here are the shows I was able to actually get through, rated from starting from lowest to highest, uh, starting off uh, with the sort. Um, we have Hanabi-chan, the girl who popped out of the game world. This one's a small four-minute sort about a pachinko machine uh, themed after fireworks, Hanabi, who ends up, ends up anthropomorphizing and ends up working in that game hall she lives in. Other machines join the fray, right? It's pretty harmless, nothing too deep. I mean, it's just kind of like a bit of a distraction, really. Um, if anything, the latest episode was kind of inconclusive and non-sequitur and kind of leaves on a cliffhanger, right, and unconnected with no sign of completing. So, I mean, it was... It's, it's, it's really hard to give Swords for me a, a, like a 1 out of 5 just because so, they don't take that much investment. So I'll give this one like a 2 out of 5. I won't give it the Sword Anime of the Season Award yet just because there's another sword I do want to try to finish. Um, you know, the girl at the end of the world with her Inu dog, um, which will be a quick watch. So, you know, we'll see how that one uh, ends up finishing out here. 
Uh, moving on to full series, uh, we have Kinsuno Vermeil, which is that show about a big opai onisan devil who becomes the familiar of a gifted student at a totally not Hogwarts school who would fail his classes unless he summons a familiar. Um, I remember reading some of the, the, the manga of this a little bit back, though I checking the fan scan latest, I don't think they got this far in the, as they did in the anime. I mean, aside from a weakness for Vermeil's character type, uh, the story here was serviceable enough, though world building and character building in its other supporting uh, cast was somewhat weak. Um, there were flashes of pretty awesome animation, especially I think episode 6, I want to say, uh, when Vermeil goes full demon, but otherwise the season felt pretty lazy in, in most regards, uh, mostly relying on, oh look, they're secretly making out behind on the corner to quote-unquote do the mana transfer to keep you engaged, but um, yeah, I mean, like, there was so much potential here, you could have done a lot more with the idea of familiars or building out the magic system a little bit more, um, but yeah, I think the plot moved around the protagonist as opposed to them moving it along, uh, and, and then they, they basically, like, had a bunch of tropes, like the student council or whatever, that never really got fleshed out, a lot of side, like, background characters who clearly have importance for the plot, I guess, for the for the manga and maybe light novel, I think, um, that ends up not getting any sign in the first season, so, um, yeah, I mean, it is kind of almost like a setup episode season for future episodes, so I have to give the score, which, you know, and I kind of do, that's what this episode is about, I think it's going to come out of like a 2.5, a bit of a guilty pleasure, which is why I finished it, but honestly not that great, and, and very easily not, uh, passable in terms of recommendations. Uh, moving along, this next one, had, I think, had higher hopes for it at the start of the season, but still came in serviceable enough. A parallel world pharmacy tells the story of a modern-day pharmacist researcher who dies from overwork and is sent back to another world where medical knowledge is of a medieval level um, and is supplemented by magic. So I think the premise here of bringing modern-day medical knowledge to a, a more uh, medieval time period is very fascinating. I think Dr. Stone, think Gate, um, and it's a genre I very much enjoy, right? I very much like sowing the power of human... Uh, ingenuity. There's even a few chapters, right, about the ins and outs of guilds and the economy and product offerings, which for the business major in me was right up my alley. Um, perhaps the uh, main character was a little bit Kirito-esque in that in addition to his, you know, uh, pharmace pharmaceutical knowledge, he also had god-tier, li literally god-tier magic powers, um, on top of his magical knowledge expanding beyond just his pharmacy knowledge, but also knowledge of, you know, how to do surgery, how, how to, uh, you know, essentially having a master's of public health. Um, but, you know, I guess that's what you get nowadays for Guy overpowered for his fulfillment. Um, speaking of wish fulfillment, here comes the real fantasy of this series. Uh, the arc toward the end about the resurgence of the Black Plague um, ends up ends up resolving with you know this top pharmacist, top health official, basically uh, alerting the queen, the government, and then her using her power to essentially enforce a strict enforce quarantine on incoming goods, uh, regardless of the impact of the economy, and creating vaccines to spread throughout the populace with no one complaining. Right? Like, yeah, watching this post COVID uh, was kind of bizarre uh, and somewhat wistful for, them for sure, but still cool to see actually in practice. Uh, unfortunately, the ultimate cause of that Black Plague uh, and where it came from was you know, not natural. It was actually a manufactured attack on the country for reasons that the enemy supposedly had never really fully explained and it kind of came down to the protagonist, you know, basically literally magically punching this uh, this enemy away. So yeah, this would have been a four out of five otherwise, but I think with that kind of weak ending, it comes down to a three out of five for me. I would have liked to see a little bit more medical detail in these episodes, a la Stella's at work, uh, but still, I think it's worth the time I put into watching it while I'm on my vacation. So um, three out of five for a parallel world pharmacy.
Uh, next up is a bit of a surprise, at least rankings-wise, I think. Um, Call of the Night, I think, is that very, very, very popular anime, uh, you know, about an insomniac middle schooler who doesn't really get romance, uh, ends up sneaking out sneaking out at night uh, to enjoy kind of like the nighttime, and meets a vampire, which leads him to wanting to become a vampire for the freedom, uh, but to become a vampire, he needs to fall in love with her and then have her bite him, which, again, he doesn't really know about romance. So, yeah, again, massive hype going into the season, and it's actually one of the top five rated shows on my anime list, uh, 8.12, and one of the most uh, watched over on our anime, ending up with the fifth most average karma. Honestly, I do see the appeal of the show, at least for a certain audience, right? I think it has that lo-fi, nighttime vibe to it. Um, the vampires are just sexy enough that, you know, you, with, with, to be attractive without being egregiously etchy, like you feel guilty and, and weird about watching it. And there's some questioning about, you know, th- philosophical questions about what is romance, what do you want to do with your life? And, you know, on the production side, there's a killer palette, color, uh, color palette, some very smooth animations, uh, which randomly dialed to 11 at times when there were some random action sequences, and then a killer like, which I think the number one thing of this anime is that it introduced me to Creepy Nuts, who I talked about a few episodes back. Um, I think what the show didn't quite land with me personally is that where the protagonist is, you know, very much, oh, am I in love with this vampire lady? How do I fall in love? I don't know what love is, right? It's literally very, he's literally a middle school, it's very middle school-esque thoughts about like, what is love basically? It's very, pretty frustrating um, when it's very clear to anyone with two two cents of comments that he's very much in love with this person. It's it's kind of like a dense black hole, not really knowing what's going on and like a harem protagonist, even though it's very much like a one-on-one relationship. So yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Um, and you know, Wallace maybe, I think this could resonate with a younger audience who's figuring out their own feelings about life and, and romance. Uh, for someone like me who isn't like in a marriage, marry, I, I am married and in a relationship. It just, you know, does it just falls short for me, right? There's a little, also a little bit something about, you know, here are the different ways you can enjoy the night and characters reflecting what do you want to do with your life. But it's very subtle, and I think I don't I, I think almost like a happenstance that this worked its way versus the actual direct co- like goal of those. Um, so yeah, I, I can barely say that as actually a, a point in its favor. For the most part, the story meanders, right? Really, no, like, literally, this is, I, I complained before about the case of the where the plot kind of just happens to the characters. Here, there's not even really any plot. I mean, you get a little bit toward, like, the latter half where it's like, oh, you know, you there's a time limit on how long he can take to become a vampire. He needs to do it within a year, right? Um, and, you know, there's 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 a, um, there's a detective character who comes up who is kind of anti-vampire and, and kind of makes him question, like, oh, do you really want to be a vampire? Like, here are all the, the risks that come involved with it, right? he, which he didn't really think about, right? So, I mean, at that point, that feels kind of rushed and almost like a completely different show, right? And, you know, in the end, they come to some sort of resolution where he does resolve he wants, still wants to become a vampire, but based on what I've heard from manga readers, this really was like a setup season for uh, a different, somewhat more action-oriented series in, in the future, um, which, you know, is fine, but as a standalone first season, I think felt kind of empty, very much like the streets he was walking on, which... As somebody who likes who who definitely at one point in my time was the kind who would just like to walk the streets at night. Um, maybe it's because I'm in New York and the streets are never really empty. But like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a very different nighttime experience for me, which I think I didn't see reflected. So overall, I think this is a three out of five. I think more so limited not by its quality, but I think more so just not being the type of anime I need in my life right now. 
Uh, moving on to our top two anime, we have anime both dealing with the underworld, though in very different ways. Uh, first of all, we have the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. So basic premise, Kirishima, the Yakuza crusher and devil of the Sakuragi clan, is assigned by his boss to be the babysitter for the for his daughter um, as he comes to live with him. Uh, she had been living with her maternal aunt after the mom got put in a coma after a car accident, and this forces the wild-tempered Kirishima to become a father figure for, for, the, for the Miss Ojo-san. Um, though, uh, oddly enough, again, her father is the head of the Yakuza clan. I guess he's just, he's still very much around and features very very prominently in the anime. But I guess he's just too busy being the head of a Yakuza to do, to to be a, be a father. Though he still tries, right? So that's like a weird contradiction. Uh, the portrayal of a pseudo father daughter relationship, though, always pulls on my heartstrings. I mean, Barakamon is one of my favorite uh, healing Iyasuke anime of all time. Um, the show is rounded out also by a lively cast of side characters, other Yakuza members, uh, the friends that the little Ojo Sama San makes uh, at school, and the new foreigner neighbors. Um, they all bring their own charm, right? It's, it's not the most intensive anime, but this. It's not meant to be that, right? It's Iyasuke. And it's seeing the impact that these two have on each other, helping him mellow out a little bit, develop a sense of responsibility uh, and, and appreciating his family um, and work through his own tra traumas while also helping her come out of her cell more. Now, granted, there are some places where it falls short, which is why it doesn't get like a 5 out of 5 for me. Uh, for one, on a, for a show about Yakuza, there was a, the, the characters are surprisingly goofy and innocent uh, feeling, right? Like, they're it's very hard to imagine these as actual act, doing actual crimes, aside from like one or two scenes, right? Which you know, I think I guess it's first like if you uh, bringing in the crime element of these yakuza would be uh, kind of a, a mood killer for these kind of like light and fluffy vibes. Uh, so I can get why they didn't do that, but it's still very very odd that this that this this little crime. Like, if you had told me that these were yakuza members who were like this is the very much the honorable yakuza trope and that oh we don't actually do crime we just protect the neighborhood we don't even take money from the people we're protecting like really okay sir um and, and this i think the extreme to this is in episode four there's like a whole like it's, it's so to be a dream but it's a whole episode about like um you know starting a youtube channel showing off the life of yakuza right so yeah, I mean, you know, you do see a shift in their... And the other part I think would see, I, I would say is that if you do see the shift in their personalities, but it does happen fairly quickly. Like, they don't really develop too much more beyond the first couple of episodes. And so... I mean, they all do sound a little bit more, he, him not as much. So, you know, it, it's, it's, I would like to see a little bit more development, a little bit, a little bit more, you know, healing and, and, and growth, um, as we've seen in other shows of this genre. Oh uh, yeah, and there's a random instigator that you know he that basically like kidnaps the Ojo San and causes him to question whether he really wants to be a babysitter and so on. So he ends up coming to his resolution, but you know they don't actually deal with the perpetrator. He's still at large, so maybe there's like a more to the future. Who knows? But why he did it is kind of unclear. So. Yeah, it's kind of inconclusive. So I think that ending probably could have been a little bit stronger. Could have done a little bit more with the premise. So um, that said, if you this, this is like the second season, I'm all over this in a heartbeat. Overall, Yakuza Babysitter gets a four out of five from me. The final show for this season is Licorice Recoil, which. Uh, based on the description, you think it was about cute girls at a cafe doing cute girl things. And yes, you do get cute girls at a cafe doing cute girl things, but they are also secretly orphan government agents who are sent to quell any potential, potential domestic terrorism, John Wick style. Uh, bonus points, one of those girls, Chisato, uses rubber bullets so as not to kill anyone going against normal protocol of these orphan government agents. Uh, coming out of A1 Studio Pictures, this is clearly the best looking show of the season, animation wise, with some buttery smooth uh, tactical gun combat. That. But the fashion and the cute girl interactions between her and the rest of the cast are just as adorable as the, the combat.
that is badass. And the re and I think honestly, that's the real appeal of the show here. Honestly, the best comparison I could make for this show, though, where it succeeds and where it falls short a little bit, uh, is Carol and Tuesday. Oddly enough. Hear me out. Uh, both are shows with moderately well-developed world uh, these characters live in, perhaps Carol on Tuesday a little bit more so than Licorice Recoil. Um, and the main set pieces of each show, either the gun action or the musical segments, are very well executed and done. And the girl-girl friendship, or potentially more depending on how you read into it, are the true heart beating heart and centerpiece of this series. However, as the show gets later into its episode count and tries to introduce more deeper philosophical questions, kind of loses the thread a little bit, right? In Lico Reco's case, you know, the, the ideal of uh, is of the questions of what is talent, how do you use talent and genius, and what you should do with it. Um, spoiler alert, but uh, Chishado had a once-in-a-generation talent for killing, but due to congenital heart disease, uh, she won't live for long. This is much this is in the past. Um, a mysterious organization called the Allen Institute, which is goal is to like help support uh, geniuses. Uh, gives her a heart using prototype technology, but she ends up developing a, a rule, you know, a, by accident that, you know, or a belief that, you know, she should be someone, uh, as, as she is being saved, you know, she should also save people, which is where her no real killing rule comes in. Uh, obviously, this is against the goal of the Allen student who wants to have her use her talent no matter what it is, uh, even if it is to, to kill people. Um, and so they eventually manufacture a situation where uh, her heart's going to stop working in two months, and in order for her to get a new heart, she needs to kill. Uh, which, you know, is against her rule. So without getting in more details spoilers than that, I personally was a little unsatisfied with how they resolved that ending. I mean, it does stick, it, has, it does end up with her sticking to her beliefs, but she also is able to get out of out of the death situation and get a new heart. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this probably could have used another 12 episodes or so to better flesh out the story. You know, I, maybe this is me wanting to see more of the cute girl antics between Chisado and her friends um, to really flesh out the world, um, the moral quandary at, at hand. Um, I, if Carolyn Tuesday had uh, too many episodes, I think, to really and, and went on a little bit too long, I think it was almost a little bit rushed, frankly speaking. Um, so yeah, uh, and apparently there's like, there's like a whole male version of the licorice. Uh, licorice. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that wrong. Um, and they don't really build out the world and kind of like hand wave some plot things away. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a perfect show by any means, but it's again, well executed enough for what it is. Overall, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Also, you know, given that it, I think it has the best production of the value and it's the highest score, I think it's going to end up getting the new original anime of the season award for me. Um, funnily enough, no sequel anime of the season for me to give this to. So this is basically the anime of the season. Uh, overall, you know, this is not the strongest, an this was not the strongest season for anime, but again, mostly because I, I probably wasn't watching the sequels. Um, no five or fives out of fives for me to add to the list. Um, still, probably for the better to have a little bit of a break, given the monster of a season that fall has ahead of for us. Um, I'll have that episode out hopefully by the end of the month. Um, but in the meantime, let me know what anime you watched from summer and uh, what you enjoyed. Are there any that I miss you think I should go back and give another chance? Any where my reviews may be a little too harsh, or a little too generous? Uh, let me know on Twitter at yetanime.com pod or via email at yet another anime podcast at gmail.com but my anime list which I just updated is NinjaBoy333 for with an I while on the major podcast services iTunes, Spotify, Google Play be sure to subscribe and review at the very least see another anime loving friend uh, intro and outro music will be by is by Suichi Sakagami at Tandis.com editing production by NinjaBoy Media that's it for this episode next time on yet another anime podcast we will be going over this completely packed fall 2022 anime season but until then see you space cowboy <laughs>